would have preached a message today that it's, it's not a popular message. I can say this to you right now, but it's, it's needed to, to hear this because we don't hear this no more. And so the, the topic of this message is the following. Is hell real? I, I thought I'm going to get people silent. I, I, didn't, I, I, I knew there's not going to be jumping up and down. So maybe you in the middle. Is hell real? That's the, that's the, the subject this morning. Is hell real? And there's a reason I want to preach on this. So they, the doors is locked now, so you can't go anywhere. You'll have to listen to this message because it will be one of the most important messages, I think, for this year. As people understand, why do we preach this? Because of lawlessness is, abound, uh, is abiding all over the world. Everything points to the return of Christ. Now, let me just quickly tell this to you that right now, as I, as I speak to you, there is people in hell that was ignorant and opinionated. And they're in hell right now because they didn't believe in hell. They, they didn't believe why would a loving God send people to hell. I'm going to answer all that questions to you today. All right, so there's a lot of scripture. I'm, going to, I'm a preacher, but I'm going to teach today because the Bible says my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. Say amen. amen. Now, if you understand when God created man, God created man in his image and in his likeness. And the scripture says that when God created man, God created man to never die. Man was supposed to live forever. Placed him in the Garden of Eden and he gives him two trees with the scripture mentions. One of the trees is called the tree of life. The tree of life, by the way, is in heaven. Do you understand that? It's in heaven. The scripture says that there will be people that will eat of the trees, of the, of the leaves of the tree to live forever. So God gave us the tree in the garden to eat. The tree of life. We could have eaten it. And when you ate it, you would live forever. And then there was a tree called the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. What does this mean? It means that when you eat of this tree, you will have knowledge between good and evil. And God says, don't eat that tree because when you eat that tree, you will surely die. Now, what the devil said to, to Eve, you will not surely die. Because Satan does not understand that there's a death that I want to speak to you about today that is not a physical death, but a spiritual death. And that's called hell. So what God said to, to woman and man in, in the garden, if you eat of this tree, you'll surely go to hell. Because this is the thing. Now man will become like God. They will know what's right and what is wrong. No person born can tell me. Now, I, wanna, I want you to listen to me right now. Small children, when they are born Muslim, Buddhists, atheists, they grow up in an atheist home. I'm talking to you about babies. If they die, they go to heaven. Because they don't know right from wrong. They only know what mama and papa has taught me. But the older you grow, every single person has got a little witness on the inside of you. Every single one under the sound of my voice knows right from wrong. How is that? Because of the fall of man. When man fell, immediately when you were born, you know what's right and you know what's wrong. Say amen. amen. Come on. Everybody that steals knows it's wrong to steal. You don't have to tell me it's wrong because when you want to steal, you feel like, Ugh. But the further you drift away from God, the less you feel that, 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 that voice, that, you know, that conscious that speaks to you, the less you feel it. Suddenly you don't, you don't care no more because you are just wicked. This is what the Lord gave me. He says, I was just standing here when he gave me the scripture. It's not on the screen. It's in the book of Ecclesiastes 12. It says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. It doesn't say fear God and keep the laws. He says fear God and keep his commandments. What does it mean to fear God? To fear God means to hate evil. He says, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment 
including every secret thing, whether good or evil. This means that there's nothing secret for God. Now, I want to, I want to start off by asking you this question. Is hell real? All right. So hell is not a state of mind, according to the scripture. There's a lot of people that believe we are in hell right now. Well, let me just tell you, this is a picnic. If this is hell, you don't want to go anywhere. Because this is picnic. Come on, say amen. So, according to the scripture, hell is a created place. As heaven is a planet, a place where people live, so is hell. And right now, as we speak, I think the biggest lie that the enemy has brought to people is that everybody that dies goes to God, goes to heaven. It's a lie from the devil. God is not a respecter of men. I, I, I know I'm not, waiting, you know I'm not waiting for a lot of amens this morning because it's a hard message, but it's going to help you. So that you can understand. So hell is a created place. Hell was never created at first for people. It was created for the devil and fallen angels. So what fallen angels? When Satan, when Satan tried to get God from his throne. Now that's stupid. God created him. Not as the devil. He was an angel. Say with me, he was an angel. He was an archangel. He was the only angel that was created with an, with an anointing. He was called an anointed cherub who covers. He was the one leading praise and worship in heaven. Hallelujah. Now you better hear me. Now he took a third of God's angels and they rebelled. Basically, in a rebellion, went into heaven to dethrone God and they were casted out. But Michael casted out the devil. A third of God's angels fell with him. And so... Hell was created for the devil and his angels, not for man. But because of the sin of man, man will have to pay the punishment in hell. A place, by the way, that I'll read to you now, is a place of absolute torment. No picnic, no, it's not just for, you know, you're going to be punished for, for a year or two and then you're out. It is forever and forever. Now let me picture something to you. How long is forever? Now some of you, listen, some of you might, might be 80 years old, 90 years old. You are old, right? You've lived a long time. Now imagine if somebody is in hell for 90 years at this moment. Now imagine how long is eternity. Let me explain to you how long is eternity. The Bible says one day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like one day. In other words, somebody would be in hell for a thousand years, screaming out day and night, being tormented, and in eternity, he's only there for one day. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let me help you out. Somebody died and went to heaven. And they're in heaven for a thousand years. It feels like they just arrived. They are there for just a day. And they have all of eternity. All of eternity. How long is eternity? It never, ever stops. Never. Now, I know our mind is, has been, you know, it's too small to comprehend how long eternity is. But think about it. Let your mind go. All forever and forever and forever and forever and forever. Now, how can a loving God, a loving God send people to hell? Here's the answer. God never sends anybody to hell. Never. You choose where you go. A loving God, let me tell you what a loving God has done. A loving God has given up His only Son, His prized possession. Come on, so that you do not have to go to eternal hell. But all who accept Him as Lord and Savior, hallelujah, and follow Him, should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what a loving Father and a loving God has done. God has never sent anybody to hell. We choose where we go through our lifestyles. 
the scripture teaches us who will go to hell. Now, it's not my opinion, it's in the Bible. Say amen. amen. Let me just show you something quickly. I want you to open up your Bibles to the book of Matthew 25, verse 41. Listen to what the scripture says. Again, there's a lot of scripture, so please take notes if you can. I want to I wanna help you this morning. He says, then he will say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you curse into the everlasting, say everlasting. Everlasting fire. This means it never stops. The fire is never quenched. It's an everlasting fire. So he says, to those on his left hand, now please hear me. Obviously, there's two hands, right and left. Those on the, on the right hand, the right hand always speaks about the blessing of God. The left hand speaks about the curse. So he says to those on the left hand, he will say, depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Did you see what the scripture says? For the devil and his angels. Look at verse 46. Same, same chapter, just 46. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Now, when we stand before him one day, the right side will be the righteous, the left side will be the unrighteous, and the unrighteous shall be taken away with the devil and his angels to everlasting fire. Everlasting. Don't believe Google and the lies that people fed us that hell is only for a season and then when you pay your dues, you're out. It is forever. This is why those of you under the sound of my voice, there's still hope for you. But those who's gone off, there's no more hope. If, listen to me. When you die today, if you breathe out your last year in this service, what will happen? Immediately you will be in eternity, whether it's in heaven or in hell. There's no waiting time. There's no sleeping period. You will be just according to your life. That's something that all of us, not one of us in this building, can escape that. We will have to stand before God and give accountability for our own lives. So this, I want to picture you something. So according to the scripture, hell was created for the devil and his angels. Amen. But because of the unrighteous, they will also be punished in hell's fire for all eternity. He says, but the righteous shall go into eternal life. Now I'm going to teach today what the righteous is. You'll understand this. So I want you to understand, hell is a real place. It is a created place. The Bible speaks about hell or, or Sheol. Say Sheol. Or Hades. Now, let me explain something to you what hell is. Hell is a temporary abode for the wicked until judgment. So what do you mean? So when you, go, when you die without the Lord, you're going to go to hell. It's, a, it's a, a prison cell, basically, a confinement where you will be punished. You will experience pain like you've never experienced before. I'm going to read as, as the rich man spoke and he says, my tongue is burning. Flames is, in, is, in, is, is all over me. So that's a place of torment, but you're waiting until judgment. Because the judgment day you will be taken out of hell, you will be judged, and you will be cast into the lake of fire. Now, please understand, understand this, that Jonah, when Jonah ran away from God's calling, God said to him, go to Nineveh, he says, no ways. You want to send me to the ungodly, I'm not preaching to them. Long story short, we know what happened. Jonah was swallowed by a fish. Read what the Bible says. Jonah went to hell. The scripture says, the earth, now where is hell located? Hell is located in the center of the earth. Jonah said, the bars of the earth has closed up behind me. This means in hell, there's literal bars. If I say bars, not where you put. It's a prison cell until judgment. I, I, can't, I can't 
go into too much of this because I don't know how, how much truth there is in this, but there was a priest that says that he, that he died and he went to hell. And he says what he saw in hell was so gruesome. He saw how, I think it is Rihanna, Rihanna's song, Umbrella, was singing in the background. And how people is walking on their knees and, and demons, demons treat them like dogs because in hell you're a slave. Demons treat them like dogs with, with, with chains. And, and uh, he says the most horrific sight, the shouts, the anguish, the pain that they've experienced. So if you think about, I want to go back to what the Bible teaches us about hell. And it's very important to understand. Jonah said, I saw hell close up behind me. And when he prayed, God gave him a second chance, took him out. Not everybody gets the second chance. Don't listen to the devil and say, well, on my deathbed, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. You are going to hell. God shall not be mocked. God knows your heart. Imagine you say, you know, I'm going to live like this world, but the day just when, before I die, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Don't you think that God knows that you're trying to fool him and you, you, you receive the Lord because you're afraid of hell? If you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because you're afraid of hell, you are going to hell. We don't give our lives to Jesus. Listen to me right now. I'm not preaching on hell so that you can come to church more. I'm preaching on hell because there's people there right now crying out, Lord, have mercy on our souls. And there's no mercy found in hell. There's no peace found in hell. Are you listening to me? Come on, shout yes if you, if you hear me. Then there's a lake of fire, obviously, that people will end up in. Jesus spoke on that many times. So... Uh, I, I want to read you another one. Luke chapter 16 and verse 19 to 31. This is the most important one I want to read today. It says, there was a certain rich man, again, certain rich man, because in hell you are not known. Let's read. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores. Have you noticed that Lazarus' name is mentioned but not the rich man? Meaning that those in hell... You have no name in hell. You can be a king on the earth when you go to hell, you're a nobody. You can be a billionaire on the earth when you go to hell, you're a nobody. But in heaven, you will be known. If you walk into heaven today, Robbie, you're not going to say, hello, Axel Robini. I'm going to say, ah, Robbie is here. Because everybody is known in heaven. Isn't that awesome? You're not going to say, hey, are you David? You're going to know, this is David. All right, so let's go on. But there was a certain big named Lazarus, full of sores, who has laid at the gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died, and he was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Let's pause there. What was Abraham's bosom? You have to understand this. Before Jesus Christ died on the cross, those who died in him went into the underworld in a place called paradise. Who remember I said that before? The place called Abraham's bosom, waiting for the Messiah. Because Satan had the authority of death, hell, and the grave. Jesus took that back. And when Jesus died, went into the underworld. He took the keys of the kingdom. He took them out of paradise. Took them to the heaven's paradise. Do you understand that? So it says that the angels carried him to Abraham's bosom. So when you die in Christ, I believe with all of my heart, before you breathe out your last, you'll see angels. You'll see loved ones that gone on to be with Jesus. Okay, doesn't that excite you? You're going to see Jesus. They will take you into paradise. Hallelujah. But when you die without God, there will be fear. The devil will get you. Demons will drag you to hell. 
So he says the, the angels carried him to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in hell. Now pause there. Torment means agony, suffering, excruciating pain, torture. So when he says, uh, and being in torments in Hades, Hades is hell. So he speaks about being tortured in hell. He lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. I am tormented in this flame. In other words, his tongue is on fire. He's thirsty, but there's no water in hell. This is what the scripture says. And he cried out. He says, have mercy on me. In hell, everybody screams out for mercy, but there's no mercy in hell. They denied the one who put all of sin, iniquity on him. They denied him and rejected him. And, and let me just throw this in a free of charge. There's a lot of you watching me right now and say, this man is preaching the law. Read the Bible. He says the righteous does not need the law. The law is for those who live unrighteously. Yeah. Hallelujah. So don't come and quote our fanatics is law-based because we preach the gospel. The Bible says the law is not given unto the righteous. He says God had to bring in the law because people live the way they want to live. Knowing between right and between wrong. But thank God for this preacher to tell you that you don't need to go to hell. Jesus Christ is your answer. Hallelujah. You don't have to go to hell. I want to I say we're like a pillow to the devil. And everybody that listens to this message. I believe there's a reason because God wants to save your soul. This is why you listen to me preaching this morning. He cried out, have mercy on me, St. Lazarus. May he dip his finger in water, cool my tongue. I am tormented in this flame. Let's go on. Abraham said, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things. Likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great goal fixed. So those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, this is now the rich man in hell, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. In other words, I beg you, just take Lazarus out of paradise and send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers. I have children. Hello? I have family members. That he may testify to them. Lest they also come to this place of torment. This man is begging Abraham and said, just send Lazarus from paradise. Let him tell my father and my brothers what they have seen down here. Tell them that I've been tormented in this place. And I don't want them to come here. These family members right now in hell. In hell, they know about the families that they left behind on the earth. That scripture proves that. This, they, in, in, in hell right now. You are on their mind. If you have family members in hell, they think about you. Why do they think about you? They want to warn you. Get your life right. You don't want to come to this place of torment. Go on. Let's see this. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and they have the prophets. In other words, they have preachers. There's enough churches. Let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. In other words, if you send somebody that has seen what we've seen, they will listen and they will repent. But listen to the hard truth. But he said to them, if they do not hear, 
Moses or the preachers and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded though one raises from the dead. Imagine this. Abraham says, we can send somebody that has been in hell. They will still not believe and change their ways. I want to hit you with a hard one. The Bible says those who go to hell is as much as the sand of the sea. That's how many people will go to hell. I'm not preaching this to bring any condemnation on you. The word will either convict or it will change. But I pray that it will change your heart today. This is very important to understand. Now, I want to say this, get this clarity. When you are filthy rich and you serve Jesus Christ with all of your heart, you can go to heaven. You're not going to go to hell because you're rich. He goes to hell because he rejected God. When you reject God, mean you reject his commandments. Ooh, come on, somebody. Let me explain something to you. When you are born again, this is why I think the most important verse in the New Testament that Jesus said was this. Unless a man be born again, he will never inherit the kingdom of God. Let me explain something to you what happens when you become born again. The nature changes. He gives you a new nature. Come on, shout amen if you understand me. So in other words, there's no longer, I can't do this and I can't do that. Now I don't want to do that. And I don't want to do that. He took out the nature, the sinful nature, died with Christ. I'm a new creation. In other words, I don't drink no more, I don't lie no more, I don't murder no more, I don't cheat no more, come on, I don't steal no more, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And then the Bible says, then you will be saved. But it, it, being born again does not mean you come out to a service and say the sinner's prayer and go back to your own sinful life. That's not being born again. Do you understand that? Then you can, this is why a lot of people will stand before God one day and say, Lord, Lord. Have we not casted out demons? Go away, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. So even the devil knows that Jesus is the Son of God and he still goes to hell. Knowing Jesus as the Son of God is not enough. We'll have to go a little bit more deeper, a little bit further. Say amen. amen. For so long the church has traded happiness for holiness. Preach me happy, but don't preach me holy. Come on, I want to feel happy when I leave the church. Any church that makes you feel comfortable in sin is not a church. It's not a church. Every time you leave Faith City, you have to know that sin takes me to hell. But Jesus Christ has come to set me free. I have power over sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Lazarus, the rich man, the rich man spoke. And he says, I'm being tormented. So in hell, there's torment. Do you know how many people mock God and hell? So many people, there was even a song written about hell. I'm on the highway to hell. And they've got no idea. They've got no idea what they're saying. And so he speaks about the torment, the agony, the suffering, the excruciating pain, the torture that people in hell goes through today. Again, God does not send people there. You choose. You choose. That's it. That's how, 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 how easy it is. You decide whether you're going to, where you go and where you end up. Now, Luke chapter 8 verse 31 pictures a, a, a funny scenario to me. I'm going to, I'm going to read this to you and then I'll quote this. He says, and they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. I would just want to read that. The story behind this is Jesus came to a man that was full of demons. The scripture says he had a legion of demons, more than 2,000. When Jesus met the man, do you know what the demons begged him? Don't send us 
to the abyss. Now imagine demons beg God, don't send me to hell. Oh, you don't hear me. Demons beg him, don't send us to hell before our time. Now imagine demons beg him, please don't send us there. But yet people think it's just a party. We just do what we want and tomorrow we say sorry. No. The Bible says when you're born again, you cannot sin. Oh, now I can even know it. It's impossible to sin when you're born again. How's that? Because the nature has been changed. I don't wake up in the morning and say, today I'm going to steal, I'm going to lie, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. No, today I am going to please God. There's nothing in me that wants to sin. That's when you're born again. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't be so quiet. Shout yes. yes. Now, I'm, I'm just talking to you about a little bit about hell, what the hell is like. So in hell, you are not known. Nobody knows you in hell. The Bible speaks about hell as being a confinement of complete darkness. There's no light. It's dark. You won't be able to see your hand in front of you. But what you will hear is you will hear weeping all over. I'm going to read that to you now. The Bible says they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why do they gnash? Because of pain. They bite on their teeth because of the pain. Now imagine you go down. When you go to hell, demons will drag you to hell. When you are there, they are going to rule you. You'll become a slave in hell. You better hear me. If you were an alcoholic on the earth, you will want alcohol in hell. You will be tormented forever. You will seek for these things. If you were, listen, I'm, I'm telling you right now. If you were a porn addict on the earth, you will desire porn in hell. And you'll be tortured day and night. Your eyes will be tortured. I'll, I'll, I'll read from the scripture. You'll be tortured day and night for all of eternity. Then you're alone. You have no strength. You're not going to say, I'm going to fight the demons. When you're there, there's no strength. Your strength will leave you. Why do you think Jesus says, don't fear those who can kill your body on the earth, but fear him who can take your body and your soul and throw you into hell's fire? Because you're going to have a body in hell. You're going to have a body that will burn in hell. Now, I'm going to read this to you, but let's go to Mark 9, 42, verse 48. How many of you enjoy this? Five of you? Well, I hope that we're going to get through this all. It says, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a, if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. Go on. If your hand causes you to sin, this is what Jesus says in his own words. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell into the fire that shall never be quenched. Where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Now Jesus, you'll see this in the scripture, he goes back to this every time where, they, where he tells people the fire will not go out. It will burn forever. Then he speaks about where the worm does not die. What worm? Maggots feeds on you in hell. So while you're alive. Maggots will cover you. That's what the Bible says. Maggots will cover you in hell. You will be burned with fire and brimstone. If you have never smelled brimstone, brimstone is a terrible smell. That's what you smell in hell. There's no clear oxygen. No, nothing like we experience even on the earth. It says, and if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame rather than having two feet 
to be cast into hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched. Again, what does Jesus say? The fire is never quenched. Where the worm does not die. Again, he says it. And where the fire is not quenched. Again, he says it. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye, rather than having two eyes to be cast into the hell fire, where the worm does not die, and where the fire is not quenched. So what does Jesus say? He says, if anything causes you to stumble, get rid of it. This is why he says, those who steal, let them steal no longer. Come on now. He who lies, let him lie no longer. This is why he says it's better. If your hand causes you to sin, cut off your hand. What does he mean? That doesn't mean literally go and cut off your hand and cut off your eye. He says, stop what you're doing because you're going to go to hell. Do you understand that? That's what the scripture says. So when Jesus says, when your eye causes you to stumble, meaning when you look upon things that you're not supposed to look upon, he says, rather cut out your eye because you're going to go to hell. So what he says, stop it. Get your eyes in alignment with the word of God. This is why the psalmist says, I will not put my eyes on anything that is dirty. My eyes is in covenant with God. Say with me, my eyes is in covenant with God. So hell is a place of judgment, a place of torment, a place where the worm will feed on you, where the fire is never quenched. Amen. Then I want to I show you this, Luke 13, if you don't believe me, 28. Where he speaks about there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I didn't give that scripture. Listen to me. This is the scripture where the Bible says you will look at Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the prophets, and you will see them enter into the kingdom of God, while you will be cast out into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Here Jesus comes and explains again. He says there will be a darkness. Hell will be dark. And gnashing of teeth. When people will weep. Why will they weep? In hell, everybody is so sorry. You have never heard people as sorry as those in hell. And listen to me. There's loved ones in hell right now. There's nothing that we can do about that. We can help those who are still alive. You might say, you know, I don't, I don't like this church. It does not change the fact that hell exists. I don't like the, this preacher speaking on hell. It does not change the fact that if you don't live right, that you're going to go there. It does not change the fact. Opinions does not change the fact that hell is a real created place where people go to every single second of every single day. That alone must, must get us to a place where we say, Lord, please save my family. Come on, shout yes. yes. So Matthew 13, I want to jump over it. Matthew 13, Matthew 22, you can just write that down. It speaks about an outer darkness. Hell will be dark. There will be weeping. There will be gnashing of teeth. So to understand what hell is all about, it's a location. It's not a cursing. People think that you say hell is a, it's a curse word. It's not a curse word. It's a location. It's a location in the inner, most inner part of the earth where the scripture says that those who are disobedient to God, does not follow his commandments, is going there. They've rejected and denied Jesus Christ, and they will spend all of eternity in hell, forever and forever, and forever and forever. There will be no time coming out of hell. Do you understand that? Is hell a real place? So who will go to hell? Not people that God sends there, but people that have turned their backs on God. Let me, I, I want to say something to you. Stop allowing your emotions, and being offended keep you away from church and God's people. Is your offense better than escaping hell? 
because the offended will go to hell. The Bible says that. I'm offended. Well, get over it. It's time that the Christians put on a big boy pants and grow up to the full stature of Jesus Christ. I don't want to go to a church where the preacher has not offended me. I want to go to church where I've heard the truth so much that I want to climb in my car, gnash on my teeth, and say, woman, I need to change my ways. That's what I want. I don't want a cheerleader. I want a preacher that can be able to preach me out of hell. That's what we need in this hour. Hallelujah. We should stop watering down the gospel and preach a a feel-good message and preach people and say there's a hell. But there's also a heaven to gain if we believe the word of God. So I want to show you something. I'm going to read the passage and explain to you what the words mean so that you understand. And there's a lot. So who will go to hell? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. So he says, do you not know that the unrighteous, the word unrighteous means the wicked, the wicked. So you're unrighteous when you live in sin. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Then, I like what he says next, do not be deceived. In other words, don't listen to people's opinions. Don't be deceived thinking God's a loving God. His grace equals his judgment. Please understand that. If his grace is this, his judgment is that. If nobody goes to hell, God needs to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. He says Sodom and Gomorrah is a foretaste of hell, what hell will be like. Imagine that. Brimstone and fire. He says that's just a pretaste, a foretaste of what's coming. So he says, do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, I want to stop there. A fornicator is an unmarried person having sex. That's it. So in other words, let me help you. If you are unmarried and you're having sex, you are in prophecy. You are going to hell. Finish. That's it. Don't be angry at me. It's in the Bible. Sex has not been given unless there's a covenant. And I'm going to help you now. Marriage is not a contract. Marriage is a covenant. A contract you can get out of. There's an expiration date. But a covenant is for life. And it's deeper than a contract. So a fornicator, he says this. Read it with me. I want you to read it loud. Neither fornicators. A fornicator, if you don't understand, so don't say he's not talking to me. If you are unmarried, having sexual affairs, you're a fornicator. Neither fornicators nor idolaters. What's an idolater? It's somebody that worships an idol, including money. Because you worship money. Anything that you idolize. This is why I want to tell you right now, whether you're not a Christian, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He can save you. He's the only way to heaven. He's not a way. He's the only way. I said he's the only way. He's the only way. Then go on. He says, so do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers. Now what's adultery? Adultery means when you are married and you have affairs outside of your marriage. Ah, I'm going to step on toes. The word includes flirting. Flirtation. 
You flirt with somebody. You are busy with adultery. If you have to flirt, flirt with your husband. That smile will put you to hell. Do you understand that? Because your motives is wrong. Now, oh, Vessel, God knows my heart. My God, I feel like preaching to you. The Bible says God looks into hell the same way He looks into your heart. So you better hear me right now. He knows your heart. He knows it's wicked and it needs to repent. That's what the Bible says. As God looks into hell, so He looks upon a man's heart. He knows exactly the secrets of your heart. Flirting is adultery. I'm going to help you. Jesus Christ said, adultery is not when you have sexual affairs outside of your marriage alone. He says, I tell you the truth. Even though if you look upon a woman or a man with lust, you have already committed adultery with them in your heart. Do you understand that? So he says, no adulterer. So you don't sit there and say, oh, at least I never cheated my wife physically. You cheated your husband in your mind. Woo! You flirt with that guy in your workplace. That's not your husband. I'm telling you, you have to repent or you will likewise perish. That's what the word of God says. I'm helping you. Thank God there's nobody like that in Five City. Every adult tourist person will go to hell. That's not my words. It's in the Bible. By the way, this is written under the dispensation of grace. The grace preacher, the, the, I think the best grace preacher of all times, he preached this. He says, if you're an adulterer. Now, Vessel, I've, I've committed adultery in my old life. I've given my life to Jesus. What now? You're forgiven. You, it never happened. You never, you never cheated in your whole life. But the problem is, you know the truth. Can't say, Lord, forgive me. I'm about to cheat my wife. And then cheat your wife. You know what? You know it's wrong. Come on. Knowledge, good, of e good and evil. And say, after you've done it, oh, Lord, just forgive me. You are going to stand before God. The Bible says it's better that you did not know, but now that you know, there will be a greater judgment on you. When you are born again and you continue in sin, you crucify Christ every single day. Insulting the spirit of grace according to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like me going to Absa Bank. And say, so I'm going to rob Absa Bank, 20 million rand. And then I'm going to ask for forgiveness. You think I'm forgiven? No, I'm mocking God. I know it's wrong to steal. You know it's wrong to cheat. You don't need a preacher to tell you. It's wrong to cheat your spouse. You don't, you don't need a preacher. You have a conscience. You have the Holy Spirit. You don't need a man to tell you. It's, you don't need me to tell you it's wrong to steal. You have a conscience. Come on, you, you know what's right and wrong. So that's the third one. Number four. Can I read to you? Nor homosexuals. Now what is a homosexual? If you have sex with the same sex as you. Man with man, woman with woman. This is under the dispensation of grace. If you say that you're gay, you need to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ or you will go to hell. God created man and woman. Not man and man, not woman and woman, not woman with, with animal, not animal with man. It's sick how it goes out. Paul even rebuked the church of Corinthians. And he said, 
I've heard about sexual sin among you that I did not even hear about the Gentiles. And do you know what Paul says further on? He says, such a man deliver him unto the devil. So Paul says, if they commit these sexual sins, give them over to the devil. Oh, Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to read, I'm going to read another passage. I, I need to. I need to. The Bible says this. Did you know that if you sit in the seat of the scornful, with the wicked, the Bible says you will be judged as one of them. Because just be part, being part of them, what basically what you do is you stand in agreement with their lifestyle. But Vessel, how will I change the world? Let me tell you. Your light must shine. Yeah. Let me tell you how I change people. Two ways. I am not changing to be like them. So my light is shining. So they do two things. They either change their lifestyle and adapt it to mine, or they get new friends. Blessed is the man who does not seat with the scornful. Come on, you blessed is the man who does not sit with the sinner. But they saw Jesus said to sin with sinners, he didn't sin with them. He, he, his lifestyle wasn't changed because of them. He changed them. Or, he, or, or he, he offended them and they left. It's a big difference. You can say, well, this I've got worldly friends for the last 10 years. Then I question your salvation. Because then there's no light that you carry. The Bible says that light and darkness does not mix. You can switch off all the, light, all the lights, light up a match and walk into this place. Suddenly that small match illuminates the darkness. That's what happens when we who bears light, come on, goes into the world. We shine light. Shout hallelujah. Are you happy that you're here this morning? No homosexual. This means having sex with the same sex as you. I know and I understand the whole woke world wants to push down and drive down this narrative, but I'm telling you it's wrong. It was always wrong. It will always continue to be wrong. Come on, somebody, help me out. But Vessel, God loves gay people, absolutely. He loves you when you're gay, but he hates your sin. God does not send sin to hell. Sin does not go to hell. The sinner goes to hell. So God loves the adulterer, but the adulterer still goes to hell. The fornicator still goes to hell. Is somebody listening to me? Come on, high five your neighbor and say, this is some preaching. Number five, he says, there's so much and I need to get through all of this. He says, no sodomite. What's a sodomite? Well, I'm going to say it as it is. Anybody who's got anal sexual intercourse, that's a, that's a sodomite. You don't need to be a man. And a man. Okay. That's it. That's what the Bible says. No thief. Listen to what he says. No thieves. What is a thief? A thief is anything you steal. Shoplifter. A housebreaker. A looter. A plunderer. Or a criminal. How many rob banks and shops and they got sh get shot by the police and they're killed and they open up their eyes in hell? They will kill people for 10 rand, for a cell phone. And then they get shot and they die and they go to hell. Immediately they open up their eyes in hell. What's the cell phone worth you going to hell for? The Bible says no covetous. The covetous means to be greedy or selfish or having envy. So if you're greedy, you're going to miss heaven. It's like you don't want to see the sun go up on anybody else. It's just me, 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 and me. 
Nobody else should get anything. It's just me, 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 me. You're on your way to hell. You're selfish. No drunkard. No drunkard. Now I'm going to preach to you. A drunkard is somebody that's always drunk. But the word does not stop there. He says a drunkard is somebody that's tipsy. The book of Proverbs says, do not look upon wine when it's red in color. Can we get Isaiah chapter 5 on the screen? Verse 11. And then we're going to go back to this one, but I, I, need to, I need to show them this. So when you're a drunkard, it's not just basically at least I'm drinking, but I know my limits. I'm stealing, but I know my limits. I'm cheating my wife, I just know my limits. Cheat your wife with one woman, not two. That's greedy. I know my limits. You, the, the, the bull twang that you hear on TV, you can drink, just drink in Christ. Okay, well, cheat, just cheat in Christ. Doctrines of demons, people. Woe to those who rise early in the morning that they may follow intoxicating drink. Woe. Do you know what the word woe means? Judgment. It means you will be judged. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's quiet now. Ooh, hang on, hang on. Just keep it there. Charlie Strong said there's only 45 Afrikaans-speaking people. And then there was an advert on the radio. And the advert says the following. Charlie Strong says there's only 45 Afrikaans-speaking people in South Africa, but they have not been to tops after the lockdown. So what they actually say is, the Afrikaans is the compsaibgata. So we are known as, as the drinkers. We can't have a bride without alcohol. Oh, come on now, somebody. I can't, you, you can't have a baptism without alcohol. Now in church, you can't have communion without alcohol. Alcohol, there's a reason for alcohol. So the reason is called alcohol. Alcohol, sorry, Elsin. That just came to me. <laughs> that just came to me. Read it on the alcohol bottle. It says spirits. You drink another spirit. This is why Paul says, do not be drunk with wine wherein there is excess, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. Listen to this. Woe to those who rise early in the morning that they may follow intoxicating drink, who continue until night, till wine inflames, till wine inflames them. So in other words, you party the whole day. Go on. The next verse, verse 12. Okay, let me get it. I don't think I gave it to them this morning. Oh, we have it. The harp and the strings, the tambourine and the flute and the wine are in the feasts, but they do not regard the work of the Lord nor consider the operation of His hands. Therefore, my people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. The honorable men are famished and the multitude is dried up with thirst. Therefore, Sheol, hell, has enlarged itself and opened its mouth beyond measure. The glory and the multitude and the pomp and he who is jubilant shall descend into it. This means that those who like to drink and party, hell has a place for you. Hell has opened up its mouth. In other words, hell has been enlarged because of alcohol consumption. But the devil wants to tell you that you can drink until you have enough. I'm telling you, the Bible says even look upon it and desire it. You are drinking. People shall be brought down. Each man shall be humbled and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. 
But the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment. God who is holy shall be hallowed in righteousness. Then the lamb shall feed in the pasture and the waste place of the fat ones. Strangers shall eat. I want to go to the wanderer. Woe to those who draw, draw iniquity with cords of vanity and sin if with a cord rope. Go on. We'll be there now. It goes on. He says, woe to them who mixes intoxicating drink. I want, I want you to listen to me. When he speaks about a drunkard, does not speak about the fact that you believe that Jesus turned water into wine. Because Jesus did not turn water into wine, that is alcohol wine. Number one, the whole passage does not speak about alcohol, it speaks about purification. Where Jesus actually was saying, no longer will you have to be purified with water, but my blood will purify you. It was unintoxicating drink. Imagine Jesus turned water into wine and, and, and allowed people to drink it. Then he was a sinner. The Bible says, give drink to he who wants to perish. Jesus says, woe to those who's a stumbling block to his brothers. So imagine Jesus passes out wine to his brothers and one, one brother, is, his stumbling block is alcohol. Then it means Jesus took him to hell, meaning that Jesus is a sinner himself. If Jesus is a sinner, Jesus could not be the Messiah. Jesus was the only one without sin. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Isaiah teaches us clearly that hell has enlarged itself because of alcohol abuse. No drunkard. If you like wine, start to like Coca-Cola. Paul says that we should have a little bit of wine for our stomachs. No, 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 no. Read the Bible. That word wine, the original language says, give them a little bit grape juice because medically proven grape juice has got healing properties for the stomach. Oh, grapes got healing properties for the stomach. Not wine to make you sick. Wine that makes you drunk. Come on, shout yes. yes. Then it goes on, if you go back to the book of Corinthians. He says, no reviler. Now this one is very important. I want every ear to listen to me. A reviler will not inherit the kingdom of God. What's a reviler? It's you criticizing somebody in an abusive manner. Husbands and wives that fight one another and you abuse them verbally, you are going to hell. That's what the Bible says. You idiot! You martyr geroen! Fark! So it means to abuse in an insulting way. Number 10, an extortioner. Somebody that takes bribes. Extorting money through threats. In other words, you kidnap somebody for money. You, you, you get your money through threats. All right. That's the scripture says, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who have done these things. That's not stop there. Can I go on? Ephesians chapter 5. Who will not inherit the kingdom of God? Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication, now you know what fornication is. Again, Paul says fornication, being having sexual affairs outside your marriage. But fornication and all uncleanness, meaning all impurity, anything that you do that's impure, or covetousness, being greedy, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. It means 
He says that being a fornicator, come on, being unclean, being greedy should not even be named among you when you are born again. So nobody must look at you and say, that guy is a fornicator, but he serves the Lord. It should not be mentioned among you. Can we go on? Neither filthiness, unrighteousness, nor foolish talking. If you, if you study that word, it's actually funny to read it. He says like brainless people that speak. He says idiotic, don't have idiotic conversations. Don't have rash speaking. When you come together, he says, one must have a psalm. Come on, one must have a prayer. Don't come together and skinner. Come on, he says that in the scripture. He says that the woman should get work because otherwise they're busybodies. Sitting on the phone the whole day. Come on, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting. Do you know what coarse jesting is? It's when you are vulgar. When you make vulgar jokes to one another. Under the rocken. That's the only way I can say it. You are crude. Which are not fitting, but rather giving offense. So he says, instead of doing those things, rather give thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor curvaceous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of God, of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Have you noticed that? Therefore, do not be partakers with them. If somebody does it, you should not be with them. Because when you're with them, you partake in their sin. That's what the scripture says. Come on, say amen if you understand me. Come on, is there more? Let me give you this one. It didn't brand me. It's like burning. Do not withhold correction from a child. For if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. Anybody that believes, stand in the corner. I'll, I'll count you free. That's not what the Bible says. He says, but when you beat him with a rod, you'll save his soul from hell. Thank God my parents whipped me. When he's 18, you'll have to need, need a judge in court. And when he stands before God one day, mommy and daddy's not going to be there. See the Bible. It burnt me. I want to read you this one. Isaiah 14, verse 9 to 11. Listen to what he says. This one is a hard one, but it's a fact. Help from beneath is excited about you to meet you at your coming. It stirs up the dead for you. All the chief ones of the earth it raised, has raised up from the thrones all the kings of the nations. They all shall speak and say to you, have you also become as weak as we? In hell you are weak. Have you become like us? Now, he says, your pomp is brought down to Sheol and the sound of your instrument uh, your string instruments, the maggot is spread under you and worms cover you. Imagine the Bible says hell is excited for your coming. In other words, demons are shouting for joy. Why is that? That's the only way that they can hurt God. Is by seeing people go to hell. Now listen to me. The day will come that this message will play before your eyes. You cannot say I did not know. It will be remembered. You will remember this message. Trust me. Now let's go to Galatians chapter 5, 16. I'm just telling you these things because Paul says that we have to work out our own salvation. 
we have to check ourselves whether we are still in right standing with God. I know people like to like the, the cliches, God is not mad at you, he's mad about you. If you're a sinner, God is mad at you. It's in the Bible. He's mad at you. He's not mad at us, the righteous. He's our father. Now people say, you know, you, you, you preach the hell because you want people to go to church. No, Jesus does not want slaves. He wants friends. I'm not preaching on hell so that you can go to church more. I'm preaching on hell so that you can know that there's a place of torment waiting for the sons of disobedience. Galatians chapter 5. It goes again. Here, here's the same, same guy that preaches grace. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now Paul makes clear what is the lust of the flesh. So by the way, if you do these things that I'm going to read right now, you're walking in the, in the flesh, not in the spirit. He says, if you are walking in the spirit, you are called sons of God. So he says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So, pause there quickly. Who remembered I said that the law has been given to the unrighteous, not to the righteous? So he says, when you walk according to the Spirit, you are not under the law. So anybody that walks according to the flesh is under the law still. Because the law needs to guide them what they can't do, what they can do. Come on. But the righteous is no longer under the law because there's nothing in us that we want to do wrong. So we, we have no guide that says, don't do this, don't do this. We have somebody that says, I've been delivered from this. I've been delivered from that. It has been for freedom that we've been set free. Come on, high five your neighbor and say, he's speaking to you. I'm going to read that one now. Let me just go on here. It says, go on to the next verse. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery. How many of you know what adultery is? Fornication. How many of you know what fornication? Funny how, how many times the Bible mentions adultery and fornication. Uncleanness. Uncleanness, having unclean thoughts. Having dirty thoughts. This is what the word means. Uh, it says lewdness, being crude and offensive in a sexual way. Then idolatry. You know what idolatry is? He says sorcery. Sorcery means witchcraft. Occultism, enchantments, voodoo. You read the stars. The scripture says hatred. Did you know that hatred is part of being a murderer? Jesus says if you hate your brother, you're a murderer. So don't think that when you, when you hate somebody, that you're just going to stand before God as being hatred or being full of hatred. You're going to stand before God as a murderer. But the word hatred there means to have bitterness or resentment towards somebody. If you have resentment towards somebody, you have to get rid of resentment because it will take you to hell. Come on, somebody, shout yes. yes. Contentions. Now, all the, all the married couples, listen to me. Contentions means to have arguments, strife, and quarreling. All your strife and your quarreling will mean nothing when you stand before God one day. It only leads to hell. So in other words, the Bible says, blessed is the man who makes peace. Before you quarrel, stop and pray. Because Satan wants to destroy you. Come on. Being right is not the one who has the last say. Being right is the person who says, I love you and I'm, I refuse to fight about this. Come on, we are children of the living God. We give the devil no place. 
Say amen. amen. So the, the scripture says con, the contentions meaning to have arguments and strife. Some homes is just a strife the whole day. Quarrel about everything. Very cookie halos, very bread crumbs the whole day. Come here, what's this? This is why they call it in Afrikaans a hevelik. Hevelik did do. And hevelik died in. And hevelik borki hang. And hevelik nieuwe gordijne. Hevelik. See, you can preach on hell and still have fun, eh? <laughs> this is a hell of a fun. <laughs> Excuse the fun. <laughs> then uh, it says jealousy. Jealousy speaks about envy. The sun doesn't go up on anybody. Green of envy about your neighbor's success. Outbursts of wrath. Outbursts of wrath. It's not just getting angry. Jesus said, be angry and sin not. So nothing wrong with being angry. They can be a, a, you can have a holy anger. But the Bible says when there's an outburst of wrath, you want to, you know, full of wrath and vengeance. It's sin. Selfish ambitions. This means you're selfish. If somebody, this is what Jesus taught us. He says, if somebody asks you to walk a mile, walk two miles. If somebody asks you for a cloak, give him your whole garment. Go an extra mile. Don't be selfish or self-obsessed. Woo, we are living in a self-obsessed generation. Selfie. Doesn't matter where they are, they can stand outside the toilet cubicle. Selfie. Amen? Do you know what I'm talking about? Selfie. This is dissensions. Dissensions also speaks about disputes and arguments. Heresies. Unbelief. Heresies means unbelief. Or an atheist. Or blasphemy. Then you're a heresy. Envy, we know what envy is. Murders. Murders is not just somebody that has murdered somebody. I'm going to hurt your feelings now. If you committed suicide, you are a murderer. I can't, I've got people that committed suicide in our family, and I can tell you this it's murder. You can't take your own life. And say, Lord, forgive me afterwards. You're dead. You understand what I'm saying? You're dead. And I know it sounds hard because some of you maybe have somebody that committed suicide. Can I just tell you what, according to the scripture? In the biblical times when they committed suicide, that person was not even supposed to be buried. Judas is in hell today, not in heaven. Let me tell you why. Judas... Was, the, uh, was an apostle that had to be, um, they had to get somebody else in his place. An apostle is never replaced. There's 12 apostles. Their names will be written in the New Jerusalem. Judas does not have his name. Judas is a forgotten apostle. A true apostle can never be replaced. According to scripture, Judas was replaced. Judas was not, there was not even mentioned. The scripture says that, that if you commit suicide, it is unlawful to bury such a person. I'm not saying it, the Bible says it. And I don't want to hurt your feelings, but the devil will tell you there's a way out. Kill yourself and you're going to go to heaven. That's not the answer. Jesus is the answer. I wanted to commit suicide at the age of 12. I wanted to commit suicide many times in my life. On my way, the Lord stopped me because I'm telling you, I knew the truth back then. 12 years old, I knew the Bible back to front. I knew the truth. 
Satan wants to take you out early. Telling you that there's a better way out. There's only one better way out than Jesus is in his name. That's it. There's nothing that the enemy can bring you into that Jesus can't take you out of. Amen. Come on, somebody. It's the spirit of suicide that tries to kill and destroy your life. But Jesus has given you the authority and power over it. I know what it is to stand next to people on their deathbeds. And then some of them give their life to Jesus. Some of them know Jesus their whole lives. And some of them reject them. Rejects him on the deathbed. I've seen it all. And I can tell you what they see before they die off. It's not a pretty picture. So don't let the devil picture you a, a fantasy world because it's not. Amen. Say with me from this day, I'm going to live like God wants me to live. Then the last one, drunkenness. Oh, it's not, there's one more. Drunkenness and revelries. Drunkenness, you know what it is. Being tipsy. Heavy drinking. Liking the booze. Revelries speaks about you like to party. Even Isaiah 5 speaks against people that likes to party. Did you know that? If you need to party, party in church. Have a Holy Ghost party. Amen. Say amen. And the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also t told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you practice those things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do I have one more? Do I have time? Three o'clock is still far. I want to I read you this one. In the book of Revelation 21, verse 8. Now before I'm going to read this, so you have to understand, everything I just said is not my own opinion. It's in the Bible. It's in Scripture. Now you might still think after this message, oh, I don't believe in hell. Listen to me. One day very soon our doctrines will speak. Our doctrines will speak, and you will see that there's not a fairy tale. You will realize it was not a loving God that sent you to hell. It was you being stubborn, choosing your own destiny. While Jesus paid the full price so that you don't have to go to hell, so that you can have eternal life. Now, before I want to read this, just very really quickly, I said this before, but for TV's sake, I want to say this again. I was asked to pray for a man in hospital. And so I was driving an hour to this hospital, but in the car, the Spirit of the Lord said to me, this guy is going to die. God's not going to heal him, he's going to die, but he's going to hell. Because he's an unbeliever, doesn't believe in the Lord. I picked up a guy that wanted to go to hospital with me, and when he climbed into the car, he started weeping, and he said to me, have you been praying in the, in the car? I said, yes, why? He says, I feel the presence of the Lord. And he's a big farmer. He started just weeping in the car. Now, now we're driving to the hospital, and I don't know these people from a bar of soap. I don't know where to go or whatever. Got to the hospital. I just went to the floor where they told me to go. And so as I was approaching a door so on, on, on the passage I heard a guy scream the closer I come to the door the more this guy screams now I'm walking past the door to the sister station as I pass the door the guy quiets down again and so I asked the sister where's such and such a guy and she said to me the guy that you hear scream that's the guy so I turned around again and walked towards that door and then there's the guy screaming again and I got into his room and his eyes he tilted back into his eye sockets and he was laying there. And as I got next to him, he quieted down. And his wife was standing across from me. And I said to her, are you guys Christians? Do you, know, do you believe in Jesus Christ? And she says, no, we, we are not Christians. And I started, they, they told me, the guy can't hear you. I said, trust me, he can. Oh, trust me, he can. And I started ministering to him, Jesus Christ. I ministered the gospel to this man on his deathbed. And he started weeping. I tilted back into his socket. And I said, sir, 
If you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you believe that He died for you on the cross, and you want to acknowledge all your sin and give it to Him, and let Him purify you with His blood, squeeze my hand. He starts squeezing my hand. She cried. She said, He couldn't do that. I told her, You next. I said, You next. After I prayed for Him, His eyes came back. He lifted up His hands. His face became like light. And He was gone. Now I'm telling you something. I want to, before we read that, get, get on the scripture for me, Romans chapter 1, verse 27, please. This is a very important one I want to read. And I'll tell you where, where I'm heading. It says, Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burnt in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting do you understand that God gives you over to the desires of your sin now listen to what he says being filled with all unrighteousness sexual immorality now when you commit sexual immorality listen to what the Bible says Sexual immorality, you will stand for wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death. Listen to this not only do the same but also approve of those who practice them so if you approve of people doing these things you will stand as a murderer a curvaceous person a thief a sexually immoral do you understand that this is why this grace preacher paul says even if you just friends with them let me tell you something when we were in israel we went up to a mountain where the scripture, where they believe that um, it was called the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus transfigured, Moses and Elijah appeared. When we got there, it's now everywhere in, in Israel, you will find Catholic churches pop over everything where they believe Jesus has done something or where Mary has done something. And so when we got there, and you might not like what I'm saying, but it's the truth. When we got there, I didn't realize that there was a guy, a security guy at the gate who started giving us trouble. I didn't know that. I was just walking, minding my own business. And suddenly I heard Tinas and Dylan and everybody here in the commotion. And this guy does not want to leave us out. I mean, he's got a problem with everything. You know the devil, the devil is following us. And I rebuked that thing. I said, you white wash tombstone. I rebuked him. And, uh, you know, I said to Aileen, what's wrong? I mean, can't you just, as a Christian, just go somewhere and enjoy your time without being harassed by the devil. And she turns to me and she says, do you know, according to the scripture, Jesus says we should not even enter such temples. We should not even enter such places. We participate with them. And I realized the devil was not after me. Jesus said, come out of it. Come out from among them. So you can go into the mountain. You don't have to go into the dead religious stuff. You walk into that place as the smoke is going everywhere. It's That priest got an affair outside his marriage, but he wants to tell me to be silent in church. Shut your face. 
Okay, let's go to the next one. Revelation. I just wanted to t t tell you this because when I started reading about even those of you that, that allows it, you participate in it. Last one I want to read. I think it's the last one for now. Revelation 21 verse 8. This is those who's going to hell, by the way. Can we get it on? But the cowardly. What does the cowardly mean? The spineless, the fearful, and the timid. Spineless, the fearful, the timid. If you fear about tomorrow, the Bible speaks about you. Fear about money, the Bible speaks about you. Come on, you fear about the country, the Bible speaks about you. The unbelieving. The unbelieving means the faithless, the atheist, the doubtful, the skeptic. You're skeptical about, about miracles, skeptical about the word of God, he speaks about you. The abominable. The abominable means the offensive, the nasty, the brutal. In other words, if you're offended, the Bible speaks about you. Did you know by being offended, it can lead you to hell? Murderers, killing, the suicidal, sexually immoral. Any sexual activities outside of marriage means sexually to be sexually immoral. Sorcerers, idolaters, and liars all liars this means white lie blue lie big lie small lie the scripture says don't lie to one another all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone which is the second death do you know that the bible says in the book of proverbs speaks about an immoral woman an immoral woman Meaning she's dishonest, she's sinful, she's impure, she's lustful. He says she will put her feet in hell. She will lead men to hell with her. Now, if you understand, I want to take this together. Hell is a created place. Number one for Satan and his angels and his demons. They're going to go to hell. But because of man's sin, man will go to hell. That's a fact. If, if, I, if I tell you what the scripture says, Peter asked Jesus, he said, Lord, those who going to hell are they many he said oh he says those who are saved are they many jesus says you have to fight hard to enter many will try to but will not be able to do you know why because many try to do it by themselves and through their own lifestyles you know i want to just add to this good people don't go to heaven just because somebody was a good man on the earth does not mean he goes to heaven jesus christ must be your savior personal savior what does personal savior means it means that i have a relationship with him i don't just show up on a sunday i have a personal relationship he knows me i know him i know his voice he knows my voice and i follow his commandments not anybody that says lord lord but he who has done the will of my father meaning following the commandments of god's word being born again unless a man is born again he will never inherit the kingdom of god being born again means the old nature is dead. All the old sinful things that you wanted to do. Now, you, there's one more. There's one more. Can I read it to you? I'm going to read it to you in any case. This is a powerful one. Then I'm done and I'm going to pray for you. The Bible says, for we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles, meaning doing the will of the sinners. When we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, this whole verse speaks about what happens when you become drunk, when you drink. Lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In regards to these, they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking e evil of you. 
How many of you know what I'm talking about? They speak against you because you don't drink with them. Oh, the boring Christian. Now listen to what he says. Speaking evil, they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was preached also to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. So in other words, if you don't drink, you don't sin, they will always speak against you. They say, oh, this, this preacher. Oh, is he pastor over here? It's not an insult when you call me a Christian. It's not an insult when you call me, oh, the pastor. It's not an insult. It's an insult when you call me a drunkard. It's an insult when you call me an idolater and an adulterer and a fornicator. Come on. And lewdness and vile. That's, that's an insult. But to call me the righteousness of God is not an insult. Somebody listening to me right now. So please understand this. That hell is a real place. Despite what Google says. It's a place of torment. Punishment. I believe in hell there will be a lot of people that have sat in churches. Sunday after Sunday. I want you to listen to me today. No person in this building is guaranteed tonight. Not one of us. Not one of us. But when the time runs out, you're going to be in the presence of God Almighty. You're going to be in eternity, whether it's in heaven, whether it's in hell. And only you and God knows the true you. People like to, you know, as the scripture says, God looks into hell so much he looks into people's hearts so the same way that god can look into hell he can see the secrets of man's heart now i've read you a whole list of stuff that the bible says if you do these things you will not inherit the kingdom of god this is why jesus says that you have to be born again remember what the, what the what the rich man said to jesus when he said lord what must i do to be saved jesus says you have to obey the commandments he says lord i've been doing that from from a boy young boy why because the hebrews the children grows up to follow the commandments of God. And then Jesus says, sell all your possessions. Follow me. Why did Jesus say, tell him to sell all his possessions? Because Jesus knew there was one commandment that he did not obey. To love the Lord your God with all of your heart. So when that rich man would have said, okay, Lord, I'll sell everything. Jesus would have stopped him and said, I don't want you to sell your stuff. I just wanted to see whether you love God more than you love your stuff. Somebody listening to me. So you have to follow his commandments, obey his, his voice. When he's, your, when he's your savior, you obey him. You leave behind the life of sin. And only you and God knows where you're standing with God today. Even those who's watching all over the world today. Only you know where you're standing with God. And you know, I think that God, I think really that God can deal with people that's unrighteous better than he can deal with the self-righteous bunch. Because the self-righteous is, oh, I'm on my way to heaven. Woo! You don't even go to church. You're not close to God. Do I need a church? You need a church. How would they know unless they have a preacher? How can they preach unless they are sent? You know, before I, I, I started preaching the sermon, I said to the Lord, Lord, I have no fear for men. No fear. There's no man on this planet. Earth. That man that I fear has not yet been born. But when I fear and tremble, when I must preach the message of this gospel, because you have to divide it rightly. Because he says, if you don't warn them, I'll require their blood from your hand. So I'm telling you all these things we have to get rid of. Get it out of our lives so that we can be saved. Amen. You think it's hot in this church? You haven't felt hell. You can't say, hey, here are my nephew was a pastor, my sin is a pastor, my pastor is a pastor. Ah, I see. Who are you? Do you know that when I come to your house, you have, you've got house rules, right? 
so God's got house rules. You can't just show up and say, hello. He's like, no, who, who are you? And I believe that the Lord wants to save you, restore you, touch you, change your life forever. And forever. How many of you believe that he wants to do that? Give me a few more minutes. The power of God's going to fall in this house. I want you to do me a favor right now. I want every head to be bowed. I always tell people that you can go to, you can die today with sickness. You can die in poverty. But the day you die without Jesus Christ is the day that you are doomed. You can die with sickness and still make it to heaven. But you can't die without Jesus and make it to heaven. I've read passages today that the Bible teaches us very clearly those who, who does these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I want you to hear me today. You might say, well, at least I'm not a murderer. Well, if you hate, you have a grudge, you're a murderer according to the word of, of the Lord. So Lord, I can't forgive that person. You have to forgive because unless you forgive, God can't forgive you. This message is not to condemn you, it's to set you free. So you might say, Lord, I, I feel something towards this person. Let them go. They are not worth your salvation. They are not worth going to hell over. So at least I don't commit adultery. But Jesus says, if you look upon a woman or a man with lust in your heart, you've committed it. So at least I have not been a thief. Well, in your heart, you stole many things. You got envy and greed, and the Lord Jesus Christ can set you free from it all today. He says, if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. If you, if you hate yourself even, you have suicidal thoughts, it's murder. Jesus can set you free from suicidal thoughts in an instant. Can change your heart, it can change your life. He can take your nature, the old nature, kill it, and give you his nature. You see, right now in hell, somebody wishes that they were in a church like Faith City that still hears about hell. That somebody that will warn them and say, Get out of that lifestyle. If you're in this building and you're still fornicating, I'm telling you the truth before God. You know it's wrong. You can't say one day, Lord, I did not knew. That relationship is not worth you going to hell for. If they respect you enough, they will marry you. If they don't marry you, then there should no, be no other things happening. No fornicator shall inherit the kingdom of God. No liar. Don't lie to one another no more. Speak the truth. Be honest with one another. This is the words of Jesus. He says, no adulterer. No idolater. No thief, no covetous. He says, those with outbursts of wrath, contentions, jealousies, drunkards, you'll not inherit the kingdom of God. You'll go to hell. You see, when you truly know Jesus Christ, you don't want to do these things no more. Come on, those who's watching me by television, you don't want to do these things no more. He removes that from your life. You no longer want to live like this world. You're different. When you were still unsaved, you had all these desires and the stuff of the flesh. But when you gave your life to Jesus, all those stuff died with Him. You rose with Christ as a new man. 
Now you don't have the desire to sow no more. Sin has no more dominion over you. But Lord, I want to make sure my life is right. When that time comes, you call us home. That our lives is right and pleasing to you. If you sit here and you say, Vessel, I have, I've done so much, God can't forgive me, you're wrong. You're wrong. You don't have to hide it no more. You hide it, you can't hide it. You know, the Bible says, if I'm in heaven, you're there. If my soul descends to Sheol, you're there too. You can't hide anything from Him. Everything is open. Everything is open. He knows your desires. He knows what you think. He knows what you do behind closed doors. He knows everything. Today, I want to give you that opportunity. Say, Lord, I want to renounce hell. I don't want to be, I don't want to be going to hell, Lord. I want to forgive those who have wronged me. Listen to me. Unbelief, or, or let me start with this, unforgiveness rather, will take you to hell. That's a big one that's on my heart. Unbelief will take you to hell. Fear will lead you to hell. So come on. I want you to speak to the Lord this morning and say, Lord, your word says, who the Son of Man sets free, is free indeed. Set me free. Maybe you are sitting here and you know that you know that you know that all the things that I've said, you've got that covered. And you know that you're born again, but you know that you know You've got family members on their way to hell. I want you to intercede for them. I know what the Bible says, that even if somebody from hell warns them, they will not listen. This is why we need the Holy Spirit. It's only the Holy Spirit that can convict a hardcore sinner and change that life forevermore. Listen to me. You might sit here and say, my sin is not as big as, as, as the guy next to me. But sin takes to hell. It leads to, it leads to hell. So I want you to dig into your heart and say, Lord, if it's unbelief, if it's, it's hatred, if it's adulterous affairs, Lord, in my mind, if it's in my mind, Lord, if it's fornication, if it's idolatry, whatever it is, I need you to set me free this morning. And if I'm speaking to you, maybe I'm speaking to you on, this, on, on television right now, I want you to come to the front. I'm just going to pray for you. Nobody's going to look at you and condemn you. Do you say, Vessel, I renounce hell this morning. I, I'm not going to hell over these things, over these issues. I'm going to set my life right with God. So come on, I want to ask you to come to the front. I want to just pray with you. Why do we come to the front? Because we confess. Jesus says, if we deny him before man, he will deny us before his father. Those who's watching me online by television, there's a better way for you. You don't need to go to hell. Jesus can set you free completely. All the pain, all the suffering, all the things that you've been through. I'm telling you, hell is real. If you sit there and say, Vessel, I've been fornicating. I need to get my life right with Christ. Come, run to the front. You don't even have to walk. Run to the front. Today is your day of salvation. Vessel, I've been a liar. I've been a thief. I've been a murderer. Run to the front. Again, you don't need to physically murder somebody, but you murder them in your heart. And come to the front. You watching me, I want you to write in that comment box. Say, you're talking to me. Give your name there and say, I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus this morning. Today I'm going to be saved. I want to know about you. 
Those who's watching us online, you give your life to Jesus this morning. I want to know your name. I want to pray for you. I want to thank God for your soul. You can sit in this church for six years and still do one of these things. Don't be sure, because I'm telling you right now, the day is coming that you can't say, I did not know. I believe that more people should be here in the front, but you're afraid what your wife or your husband might think. Don't worry what anybody might think. Fear him who can put both your soul and your body in hell. I'm going to give you a few more seconds. Come. Let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart and come. If you feel that pulling in your heart and you know that I'm, I'm supposed to be in the front, if you have unbelief, you have to be in the front. You're always full of criticism. Get to the front. I'm speaking to you. The Lord can set you free. If this world has you, come to the front. Jesus can set you free right now. If you give your life to Jesus, you care less what people think about you. Even if it means you lose friends, you lose people, you lose family members, that's okay. As long as you gain heaven. Come on, you have been murdering of your heart for so long. You've been cheating in your mind for so long. You've doubted whether God can take you through to the next month. You, be, you have better be here in the front. Unbelief will lead you to hell because you doubt the word of God. Can you guys just come a little bit closer? Let's make room for people. Hell is real. I think if anybody needs to weep this morning, it's because you have the chance to make right. You have the chance to get born again, completely be transformed by the power of God. Repentance is not just crying, but it's changing. I want everybody in the front to lift your hands. And those who are still coming out. I want to ask you, you have to ask the Lord, Lord, change my nature. Change my nature, Lord. Anything that you hate, pull it out of my heart right now. Pull it out of my heart. Make me a pure vessel. Make me pure and holy as you are holy. Your word says, without holiness no man shall see God. No man shall see God. If you are offended, you have to be here in the front. I want to make a strong statement. If you love worldly friends more than you love God, you have to be here in the front. Come, those of suicidal thoughts, get here. Let the Lord set you free. I see tears flowing in this building today. The Lord is touching so many hearts. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your power. Come, those who's watching us right now, I'm telling you online, on TV, I want to know about you, I want to know your name, I want to see in the comment box, I want to pray for you. If you say, I'm giving my life to Jesus this morning, I'm renouncing sin, I'm not going to go to hell, I've accepted Christ Jesus as my Savior, I want to know about you. But Father, I thank you for your wonderful grace and your mercy. Now, I am not the high priest. Jesus is the high priest that pleads your case before the Father. What you need to do is you need to come before Him and renounce your sin and say, Lord, this is my sin. Confess it to Him right now. Confess it to the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, I confess this is my sin. This is what I'm struggling with, Lord. 
this is one of the things that's going to keep me out of hell. But I've heard a message, Lord, that Jesus Christ has come not to condemn the world, but to save them from sin. So if I accept you this morning as my Lord and my Savior, and I ask you to come into my heart, and you will remove my old nature. You'll destroy the sin in my heart and my life, and you'll make me a new creation. The old things has passed away. You have made all things new. Come on, giving you a few minutes. Renounce that sin before him. Tell him how sorry you are. And you should really mean that from your heart. If you think about your sin, there must be, it's like vomit in your mouth. How could I do it? How could I have done that against the Spirit of God? But he can set you free. Oh Lord, thank you for these souls this morning. Mark my words, if you say yes to Jesus completely, you'll lose people. But let them go. God will give you new people. He'll give you a new family. Look at all these tears flowing here, Lord. Heal your people. Heal their hearts. Heal their brokenness. I pray when they leave this building, they will know, Lord. All things has been made new. The whole things is done. And you no longer think about the sin. You no longer think about the iniquity. You no longer think about the unrighteousness. One more time, you ask Him to forgive you. And I'll say again, no. There's nothing that you've done so big that God can't forgive you. Nothing. God can wash away your sin. And he says, He removes it as far as the west is from the east. He never thinks about it ever again. Lord, heal marriages. Restore relationships. Every quarreling in home stops today. If, if married couples can just hear me. Before you quarrel, realize there's a fight in the heavenly places. There's a war going on over your family. Instead of fighting, start praying. Because when you fight, you empower the devil. When you pray, you empower God's angels. Stop fighting. Stop quarreling about stuff that's useless. Worship the King of glory together. Now, Lord, every adulterer, every fornicator, every liar, every thief, every murderer, meaning, Lord, those who, who hate those who can't forgive, those who committed adultery in their hearts, in their minds, of their eyes, they have they stole of their eyes, the unbelievers, Lord, the fearful, the idolaters, the sorcerers, the wicked, the unjust. I ask you, Lord, that you will cover it with your blood. And not just to cover, but to wash, to wash it away. In the name of Jesus. Those online, if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, I want you to come before the Lord and say, Heavenly Father, today I come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I confess with my mouth that I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of the living God. I believe that you have died for me on the cross. I believe that you rose from the dead on the third day. And Lord, I believe that you 
Oh, the King of glory, and you are coming back again. I accept you right now as my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Remove my old nature, my old character, and give me your nature. Wash me, and I will be washed. Cleanse me, and I will be clean. I thank you today that you write my name in the Lamb's book of life. You in, the, in front of me, you ask him to write your name in the Lamb's book of life. You believe that he is the only Savior, the only way to heaven. And make him a vow and say, Lord, I am going to follow as you lead me. No longer my own will, but thy will. Thy will be done. Jesus' name. Now, Lord, wash them, cleanse them. As they came to confess with their mouths, you promise that you are faithful to forgive. Now, one more time, ask Him, change my nature. Change my nature. I never want to go back to the old life again. I never want to do all those things ever again. I'm a new man. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. So everybody in this whole white church, lift your hands everywhere. Spirit of God, I, I thank you that, that you are ministering here. Let your power fall. Let the glory of God fall in this house. Right now in Jesus' name. Just lift it up for us, okay? The power of God is filling this whole house. Come all over this place. Stand to your feet, please. Everywhere. Every hand lifted to heaven. We thank you, God, that this morning, it's a morning of salvation. That nobody that you've given us, Lord, shall perish. They have shunned hell and they've gained heaven this morning. And I thank you that their names have been written in the Lamb's book of life. Your word says that if we accept you, if we confess our sins, be born again our names shall be written come on lift those hands to heaven one more time I feel the fire of God falling in this house Lord I thank you every person every staff member every cameraman everybody behind the sound desk I pray for a fresh fire from the Holy Ghost in this house let it rain down on your people come on you ask him in the front fresh fire fire of the Holy Ghost in this place Fresh fire, Lord. Fresh hunger to serve you. They will serve you, Lord. There will be a new hunger. A new desperation. Come on, everybody, lift those hands and pray. Lift those voices and start to pray. Come on, I want you to pray loudly. The fire of God is in this house. Every suicidal thought, I break that authority and power in the name of Jesus. Every oppression destroyed by the power of God. The fight in your mind, I break it now. I take authority over it. Every unclean mind, I break that power. You spirit of wickedness, leave them in Jesus' name. Lord, and fill them with your love, your peace, and your power. In Jesus' name. Come on, you in the front. I, I want to hear you pray. The power of God's here. Come on, two more minutes. His glory is filling this house. Convict the whole building, Lord. Oh, Ramasitela Ramasha Koramandi. 
It's not by might, it's not by power, but by your spirit, oh God. It's by your spirit. It's by your spirit. Touch this whole house, Lord Jesus. Fresh desire. Ooh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, people are being set free right now. I see the power of God set you free. No more addictions. Addictions has been broken. At the foot of Calvary, it's broken. It's broken. It's broken off you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb that was slain forevermore. Glory to His name. Glory to His name. Come on, His blood still speaks. His blood still speaks for you. Are we still live? I want to know those of you online that has given your life to the Lord. Let's come forth and say, Vessel, I'm one of them. I want to see your name on that comment box. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you today. The Lord can turn around your whole life. Maybe you're standing in your seat and you say, I'm okay, but your family members are not. I want to give you two minutes to call upon the Lord and say, Lord, this is the name of my family member I want to see saved. Come on, call that daughter, call that husband, call back that son into the kingdom of God. Come on, call forth your mother. Come on, I want you to pray and call out. Everybody needs to hear me. If you, if you heard this message this morning and you go home and you go home with that boyfriend and, you, and your girlfriend and you still fornicate you're under judgment you'll be accountable if you keep on being an adulterous affairs you'll be accountable you can't go home and keep lying keep stealing you knew right now you leave it right here at the altar so I'll never deal with it again Christ has set me free I want you to keep on praying. Lift those names to heaven. Lift those names to heaven. Save their souls, Lord. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. You see, as every eye is closed, just hear me. It's not our own work that will be saved. Christ has done the work. Now we just have to follow in His footsteps and obey His commandments. You see, that's the power of salvation. The power of salvation is what kills the old man and births the new. It's the power of salvation that removes the works of the flesh, fills us with the power of the Spirit. Now, Jesus, as I stretch my hands towards them, I thank you for the anointing that's for them. As you lift your hands, you're going to feel the anointing of God coming all over you. So lift those hands to Him. I release the anointing, Lord. Let the anointing set them free. In the mighty name of Jesus. I sense your presence filling this whole house. This whole house. You're done with your past. The past is done. It never happened. It's under the blood. It's washed away. 
If they look at you and say, listen, this is the drunkard. You say, it never happened. I never touched alcohol in my life. I never lied. I never cheated. It never happened. I'm a new man. Now you can be the father that your children can be proud of. The husband that your wife can look up and say, this is a man of God. You can be the woman of God that your husband can look at and say, this is truly a woman of God. Your kids look at you and say, this is the type of woman I want to be. You knew. Now, Lord Jesus, seal them, I pray, with your blood. Let the enemy not come near one of them. Let them be able to stand and fulfill their destinies and their calling. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to thank him for setting you free, for washing you, for changing you. Some of you standing in front of me, you should have been in hell already. You should have been dead already. But because of His grace and His mercy, you are still alive. Some of you should not have been here. Haven't it been for your mother that was praying? For your father that has been praying? For your children that has been praying? Some people is in heaven because the children prayed. Oh, Hallelujah. shake off this presence. I glorify your name. Oh, I exalt you. Guys in the front, I'm telling you, you are blessed. His presence is filling this whole place in the front. Oh Lord, we worship you. We worship you. Your word says, while we were still sinners, Christ has died for us. Pay the price, thank you. As many of you standing here, you have got loved ones in heaven this morning. They're cheering you on. What a day it's going to be when we step over to that river on the streets of gold. When you see your kids standing around the throne of God and you know it was worth it. It was worth it to lose friends, to be called names, but at least me and my children, my wife, you're saved. Right now we know in hell there's people that wants to come back just to warn the rest of us that's still alive. Are these people in heaven right now cheering us on? He says, run the race. Finish your course. Run your race and finish your course. So now today when you go home, it's a new life now. If you are not married, there's one of two things. Get married or break the relationship. There's no more in-betweens. No more in-betweens. Because no fornicator. Basically, legally, if we are married or together for 20 years, they say, no, you're fornicating. 
not married in the sight of God. Marriage is a covenant. You're going to change now. You're not going to go home and do the same things. I'm different. How many of you standing here, you feel different? You feel in your spirit there's a, a weight that has been removed from you. If you're one of them, lift your hands. If you say, I feel different, like a weight coming that has just been removed from me. Now, Lord, we thank you for that. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come, I want you to shout, I'm free.